Good morning, everybody. Why don't you grab your seats? And uh, I'm so excited because we are in the Hilton Garden Inn. Can we give Jesus a round of applause for a new place? We're in the Cascade Room with a Cascade Waterfall right behind us. And uh, we've been praying and fasting and really thinking about what are the puns we're going to use in this name. And, you know, from, uh, I, I think, in Jesus' name has been resonating with my heart. How about you? In Jesus' name. And uh, we love puns at Kalos Church. If you don't like puns, this church will be uh, a burden. <laughs> Isn't that right, Moses? <laughs> so my name is Pradeepin. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, we're worshiping in Jesus' name. Amen. And so when we were at the comedy club, we used to say, we're a church in a comedy club, no joke. At the W, we could say Jesus for the W. Now we got in Jesus' name, and we are here because we want to make known the beauty of Jesus. Another name we thought about or a pun would be uh, back to the garden because we are, you know, Hilton Garden Inn. And, you know, in the garden they were naked and not ashamed, but we're not trying to redeem nudity as a church. It's making known the beauty of Jesus, not making known the booty. Uh, no, you know, hey, guys, whoa, whoa, get your head out of the gutter. All right. Uh, <laughs> but we like to have fun at this church, and uh, we are excited to be here in the Hilton Garden Inn, Valet, Salesforce Parking. The hotel staff has just made it uh, a really hospitable experience for us, and really thankful that God has provided, aren't you? Amen, amen. Well, if you've been following along our journey, we've been walking through the book of John as a church, and this week we've been reading chapters 9 and 10, so I'll be ministering out of chapter 10 today, and uh, I'm going to be talking about sheep and shepherds a lot. You know, in the Bible, there's over 500 references to sheep in the Bible. There's about 44 references to dogs in there, zero references to house cats, and so if you're a cat person... I'm sorry, you'll not find a house cat in the Bible, to my knowledge. Prove me not. Prove me wrong, though. I dare you to. So why don't we jump into John 10, and we're going to talk about uh, a claim, one of the I am statements that Jesus makes about being the good shepherd, followed by another I am statement where he says, I am the door. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize the stranger's voice. Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. The title of my message today is, Jesus Wants to Herd You. Let's pray. Dear Father, I pray that we want to just be hearers of your word, but doers of your word. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I... Went on an adventure in college that's going to shock you and create a really weird vibe in this room. 
if it goes according to First Service's vibe. I was uh, really in desire of a manly adventure, and so I went on Craigslist and I bought a lamb. This was about 10 years ago. I buy this lamb, borrow a truck, it's in the back of my truck, and my friend says, I know where we can go on an adventure with the lamb. We're in Oklahoma, but there's this lake I found, and in the lake, there is an island there. Why don't we bring the lamb to the island, and we'll have a manly adventure? And I said, let's do it. So we, we get the lamb that I bought it off of Craigslist. See, look, the vibe's already here. And uh, <laughs> buy, buy this lamb, bring it to the island, and I had about 40 uh, guys with me from my Bible school dormitories, and when they feel the water, they realize, wow, we're in the middle of winter. This water is extremely cold. There's no way we're going to swim in that water. So all but seven turned back. And so the seven of us, we entered into this freezing cold water, swam with a lamb, and about 15, 20 minutes later, the water was so cold that our core body temperature lowered, I believe, and we started experiencing hypothermia, and it felt like we were in a hot tub. We did not want to get out of the water because it felt so warm. And the lamb made it as well. And we get to the island. And I had made a rule for all these guys. This is going to be a true adventure. We cannot bring any food to eat. And we all must wear loincloths. Okay? Don't picture that. And we're not bringing back biblical nudity. Don't worry. It's not what we're trying to establish this morning. And so we're, we're on the island. And we're struggling to survive. We can't, we're like not thinking straight. The cold is setting in. We don't have any clothes. We didn't bring any food. All we have is like, someone brought like this pink Bible and we have a lamb. And so what are, what are we going to do? It's very, uh, very scary. We finally get a fire going, which I believe was a miracle. And we're warming up and we're like, we cannot take care of a lamb. We can hardly take care of ourselves. Like, how are we going to survive this? Because we're so cold, we're shivering uncontrollably, we can't swim back. We have to figure out a way to warm up, and then we will attempt to make that swim. But now we know how scary and how cold it is. And so this lamb is sitting by us, and we're like, sorry, lamb, we can't take care of you anymore. Go, be free. Live a new life, start over. And so it, it follows our instructions, and the lamb just kind of scurries off into this wooded area. And I'm, I'm going to be honest, to this day, I've never seen that lamb again. I've never, I've never seen that lamb. I don't know what happened to the lamb. I went back to the islands, island many times looking for the lamb, have, have never found it. And I just want to make a confession today. Um, I'm a bad shepherd. <laughs> I'm not good at taking care of lambs, especially when my life is on the line. And Jesus talks about how there's a good shepherd. He says, I am the good shepherd. There's some that run away when times get tough. I have confession. This is a safe place, right, at the Hilton Garden Inn. I am a bad shepherd. When things got tough, I did not lay my life down for the sheep. I ran and swam, and I got out of there. But I have good news for you today that I am not the good shepherd. Jesus is our good shepherd. Can I get a good amen? And so <laughs> this whole idea that we see in the scriptures, I am the good shepherd, has a couple of implications. It implies that, number one, there are bad shepherds and good shepherds. Jesus says he is the good shepherd. It also implies that we as followers of Jesus Christ are sheep. Why don't you look at someone to your left or right and say, bah. 
because you're a sheep. And uh, I don't know if you've ever felt like a bad shepherd like me, where you just can't take care of all of the things you're supposed to take care of. You know, as, a, as even a pastor, as a father, as a husband, there are just times where I feel like, man, I am not being a great spouse. I am not being a great parent. I am not being a great pastor. I am not shepherding these parts of my life like I, I could. I just feel like I can't handle it all. I feel like a bad shepherd. And I'm thankful, though, for this understanding in the scriptures that we don't have to be the good shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd. But the implication of us as sheep is kind of interesting because sheep are not known as the most capable of creatures. You know, most sheep that I've heard about are pretty dumb. They're pretty helpless. They're pretty vulnerable. And this is how the scripture describes us. In fact, I want to show you a video of this shepherd uh, trying to be a shepherd and realizing some of the vulnerabilities and frailties of sheep. Chanel, can we play this video? Bible describes us as they are dumb, <laughs> they are helpless, and they are vulnerable. They need protection. Have you ever felt that way as a person? Like, man, Lord, I wish I had your wisdom and your insight because I just feel like I don't have all the answers. Or, Lord, how, how am I going to pay the bills this week? How am I going to take care of this? How am I going to navigate health insurance? This is, I just feel like I need, I need help. I need provision. Have you ever felt like, Lord, I just feel so vulnerable. I need protection. I can't guarantee safety for myself or my family or anybody. And I think it actually is appropriate because sheep need a shepherd. And even as humans, we need a shepherd. We need the good shepherd. And Jesus uses this term to describe himself. And so I want to talk about what does the good shepherd do for us. And I'm going to go through a couple of P phrases. There's going to be a lot of alliteration today. And the first thing I want to share is, number one is, the good shepherd 
is our portal. A portal, a portal is like a door or a gate, helps you get to another area. In verse 9 in John 10, it says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. And uh, this is a bold statement that Jesus is making. You have to enter through me to be saved. I am the door. I am the gate. It's not just a suggestion. I'm not just a teacher. I am the way. You may have heard this in other scriptures. I am the way, the truth, and the life. All who enter through me will be saved. And this is a, a term that a shepherd would use because in those days, a shepherd would watch over like uh, 1,300 to 3,000 sheep, just a lot of sheep. Could you imagine counting all those sheep when you're tired? I mean, that's what we do to fall asleep. That's an intense task. Like, oh, no. <laughs> and so uh, they would have to create these ways in order to account for all the sheep. And so a lot of times when they would want to rest and sleep, they would go and find a cave or a sheepfold. And the shepherd would bring all the sheep into the cave with the small entrance and then quite literally and physically lay down in front of the entrance and become the gate that protects all the sheep and the gate in which all the sheep would have to enter in. A lot of times they would even lower their rod, like the rod and their staff, their rod, and they would make sure every sheep was touched by the rod. And that was a way they could count thousands of sheep and keep track of all of them. And so Jesus here says, I, I am the door, I am the gate, sheep when you enter in through me, you will find salvation. And I think a lot of us have been taught that Jesus is just a great teacher, just a moral philosopher, just a good person. But that is not what Jesus says about himself. He says, I am the door. I'm the way, the truth. I am the life. If you don't enter through me, you don't have access to God the Father. You don't have salvation. I am the door. I am the gate. And when we are you know, trying to rationalize Jesus as a moral philosopher, I think we miss the main message of what Jesus says. There's this quote by C.S. Lewis that I find encouraging and challenging. He says, I am trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I won't accept his claim to be God. That is the one thing we must not say. A man who is merely a man and said the sorts of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level with a man who says he is a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God, or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool, you can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. So when Jesus claims to be the gate, the door to salvation, we have to make a decision. Is Jesus a liar? Is he making all this up? Is he a lunatic? He actually believes it, but it's not true. Or is he Lord? Is what he says true? And this whole idea of Jesus being a gate can be intimidating, especially in a culture when it says he's just a great moral teacher. But for those of us who are looking for hope, looking for light and darkness, looking for safe passage, this is a message of hope. I remember as a, a, a young teenager feeling so helpless and hopeless, feeling like I didn't have 
my identity as, you know, am I fully Sri Lankan? Am I fully American? Why don't I have a lot of friends? Like, uh, my family is falling apart. I just don't know where to find life. I don't know where to find hope. But then hearing the message of Jesus, I found a portal, a door, access that true life wasn't reserved for those with the perfect families. True life wasn't reserved for those who have every perfect answer sorted out. True life isn't reserved for the wealthy. But all who enter in through the door of Jesus can have access to life and life abundantly. And as I I walk through that door, my whole life changed. Not everything, but I was transformed. There's some things I'm still working out to this day, but having that door, having that access, having life and life abundantly changed me forever. And I allowed Jesus to shepherd me and move me from where I was to where I could be. And Jesus served to be a portal. Has Jesus been your portal to a better way? Has Jesus changed your life? Have you found access to hope and security through the portal of Jesus? If not, I want to encourage you all to let Jesus be your shepherd. The second thing a good shepherd does provide is that the good shepherd is, in fact, our provider. So he is a portal. He gives us access to salvation, but he's also our provider. In verse 9, continuing, it says, they will come in and go out, speaking of the sheep, and find pasture. Pasture is a place where you can eat, where you can rest, where you can be provided for. And then verse 10, probably my favorite verse in the whole Bible, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Man, I found life in Jesus And this reminds me of Old Testament scriptures like Ezekiel 34, 23. It says, I will establish one shepherd over them, and he shall feed them, my servant David. He shall feed them and be their shepherd. God has chosen to shepherd us and feed us and provide for us. He is constantly bringing us to green pastures and letting us rest by still waters. And the thing about sheep that I've learned through research on the internet and through my time on an island is that sheep... They don't just eat, you know, easily. They don't just drink easily. Sheep have to be brought into the right environment, and then they lay down, and then they eat. And, uh, like, for example, these animals will not drink from moving, rushing water. And they will drink, though, from still water. And so the shepherd is constantly looking for a good environment to bring sheep into, that they might have all the resources to live and have life to the full. But I want you to notice that it does not say that the shepherd brings these animals into a pasture and then force feeds the animals. No, the shepherd brings them into an environment where they can feed themselves. You know, I don't know if you've ever tried to force feed a child. I have a three-year-old. I have tried very hard, and it doesn't work. I just shared with my wife a little bit ago that I was uh, getting my son to eat yesterday, and I give him reinforcements, like, if you eat this, I'll let you watch some Elmo, and he wanted to watch Elmo so bad that he ate until he threw up, and that was just, those are not the green pastures I wanted on my my kitchen floor, you know, and so (laughs) it was just, force feeding is not (laughs) what God does with us. What God does is he brings us into these still water environments. He brings us to these green pastures, but then as we trust the Lord to surrender, as we trust the Lord to shepherd us and we surrender to him, we have to make the decision 
to eat for ourselves. We have to make the decision to take advantage of all the good things God has provided for us. You know, and I feel this tension a lot. You know, where the Lord, I'm trusting you to provide, but I also know I have to do my part. And I, I hear a lot of times, like, I'm just, I'm not being fed in my spiritual walk. I'm just not getting the sustenance I need. Well, my question is, are you trusting the environment that the Lord has shepherded you into? Are you taking advantage of all the resources God has provided for you? Because God is not going to force feed you. He is a good shepherd. You know, even in this journey of arriving here at the Hilton Garden Inn, it's been a moment where I've been like, Lord, would you guide me? Would you shepherd me? Would you help me make the right decision? And it's been quite, quite the journey, you know, we were in the parlor for a year and a half. We had 10 days to debut a new venue. We opened up on Easter Sunday. Crazy amount of people came. It was wild. And then two months later, we find out, oh, no, we have to move again. Lord, where are we going to go? And we, we whittled down the options to the Red Lion Hotel and to the Hilton Garden Inn. And they were competing for us. They really wanted our business, but there were some setbacks we had to pray through and navigate through. For example, the Red Lion would require that once a month we would have to switch venues. And that seemed like a logistical nightmare. Like, hey, see you in three weeks, but not six. What? <laughs> like, come back here. All right. Hey, we're going to go to this random venue. I mean, just finding that. We're like, oh, no. The Hilton Garden Inn, when we checked out this place, we had no parking available for anybody. They offered us a lot. That was about a three to five minute walk away, like past Top Pot Donuts. But we're like, ah, that's going to be really confusing. And as we're navigating through some of these decisions, Lord, where are you leading us? Lord, where are you going to provide for us? We just felt like we have to make the best decision with the information we have. And we prayed, Lord, lead me. Lord, guide me. But we didn't have, like, the audible voice of God. Wouldn't you love that when you're making a decision? If you just, Lord, I want to follow your will. Just make it super clear for me. And then I will follow it. Amen. Like, it, it can be this journey where we're, we're shepherded. And uh, the cool thing about this passage is that the good shepherd says, I don't, I don't drive the sheep from behind. I'm not like yelling at them and hitting them with my staff. I'm the good shepherd. I go out in front of the sheep, and they know my voice, and I know my sheep. And as they hear my voice, they follow me. And that's how our journey is. We just have to be in tune to the voice of the Father, of the shepherd. And so we're on this journey with the hotel. Lord, where are you leading us? Where are we going to go? And we just felt a piece about being here at the Hilton Garden Inn. And during that time, Andrew Jennings found the Salesforce parking garage. That's starting to be part of the factor. They are going to let us park there. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, after we had made the decision, we are like, all right, this feels about 70% right. Lord, we're trying to follow you. You ever make a decision and it just feels kind of like 70% okay? And you're like, <laughs> by the time it's 100%, I've waited too many years to make this decision. So sometimes a decision is better than no decision. And so, okay, and then uh, this, uh, this man, uh, well, Carlin Gerstenberger, he's on our connections team. He brought his father to a service who lives out of town. And his father said, hey, Pradeep, and I feel like I have a word from God for you. I was like, oh, boy. As a pastor, you get that a lot. Like, hey, I have a word from the Lord for you. Grow out your unibrow. I'm like, that is the devil. Like, <laughs> no, it's taken a lot. It's been a long journey to get here. 
<laughs> and so, uh, so I'm like getting ready. What's it going to be? And so he says, hey, I feel like the Lord shared that I was supposed to tell you to follow the cloud. Like the Lord is going to provide a venue for you and he's going to confirm it or guide you or something that has to do with the cloud. And I'm like, that is the most generic word for someone in the ministry in Seattle. Like, there are clouds <laughs> everywhere. Like, hey, follow, follow like, like, hey, look for the, the, the sky. When you see the sky, you'll know. Like, what? Like, look for the cloud. Okay. So I, this sounds kind of hokey, especially if you're new to faith and following the voice of God. But for those of us who have been walking with God, sometimes it's like that, right? It's a journey of faith. It's like, Lord, where, where's your voice leading me? I'm a sheep following the shepherd's voice. Follow the cloud. So we are in a service, I think last week or two weeks ago, and Amritha, she sends out a text to the lead team of Kalos Church saying, oh my goodness, look at the logo of the Salesforce building. It's a cloud. God is with us. He has confirmed this decision, this message. We are the ambassadors of Christ. Yes. <laughs> and I know it's so hokey, but when you're just trying so hard to follow God, you just want to know you're doing it right. Amen. You're just like, Lord, I'll follow you anywhere. I just want to know that I'm actually following you and not a strange voice or a stranger. And in our, in our journeys, I just, I just want to encourage you a little bit. He says, my sheep know my voice. And if you're seeking after God's will for your life, your purpose, if you're, you're leaning in and you're surrendering, if you're saying, Lord, shepherd me, I want to go where you're going, I want to do what you're doing, I want, I want to accomplish your purpose for my life, you can trust that our, our God is not just a shepherd, but he's a good shepherd. Yeah. And it's up to the shepherd to make sure the sheep are in the right place. And so you don't, you don't have to carry the weight of being the shepherd. You can let God shepherd you. And as you learn his voice, as you trust him, as you say, Lord, I want what you want, I think, I think he sees your heart and he knows that. And you don't have to be stressed out and anxious. Am I doing this right, Lord? Am I being a good sheep? He knows you're being the best sheep you can be at times. <laughs> but he, I just want to let us rest in that. The Lord is speaking, and the Lord is guiding, and praise the Lord, he brought us to the Hilton Garden Inn, amen? And so he leads us into still waters, and uh, if you want some rhyming phrases to remember this, because we did change venues, but we didn't change the rhyming culture, here it is, where God guides, he provides. He'll lead you, he'll take care of you. You need another rhyme? If it's God's will, it's God's bill. <laughs> I'm just a messenger. That's all God. God's like, don't give me credit for that. <laughs> so number three. So the good shepherd is our portal, is our provider. The good shepherd is also our protector. You know, sheep, sheep are vulnerable. I mean, their only defense mechanism is like a bad dad joke. Back off, you know? It's like not that effective when you're dealing with wolves and things like that. They don't have like ferocious claws. They don't have a way to kill a lot of animals. And if they did, I would start an organization that protected people from them called PAFA. 
If you listen to last week's sermon, you know what I'm talking about. But uh, continuing in verse 9 and going on, it says, They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, steal, kill, and destroy. I've come that they may have life and have life to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. And we know that Jesus Christ laid down his life as the good shepherd. He didn't let us just be attacked by the enemy and be helpless. He said, no, I will lay down my life. I will protect my sheep. And I think some of us have to relearn some thinking maybe that God is this God that is constantly bringing bad things in our life. And whenever we have bad things in our life, it's because God is creating those atrocities. Like in the insurance world, like when something happens, like a tornado destroys a house, uh, we call it an act of God. But I, I would not say that's an act of God. You know, the, the, the scriptures are made very clear in this verse that Jesus says. He says, hey, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Those things that are stealing from you, killing you, destroying you, that's the enemy. That's the thief. The things that are bringing you life and life abundantly, that is Jesus. That is God. And I think we need to see the scriptures in light of Jesus and through the filter of what does Jesus say. But the Lord will protect us. And I've learned this lesson, though, that it's not the absence of danger. It's the presence of God that keeps us safe. It's not, it's not the absence of danger. You can, you can be somewhere and think it's the safest place on earth by the standards of humanity, and then it, it gets bombed or it gets attacked or something bad happens. And we need to find our safety in the shelter of the shepherd, amen? We need to find our security, our comfort in the presence of the sheep. And uh, there's this beautiful psalm. I actually pray this psalm every day. It's Psalm 23. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever." Isn't that a beautiful psalm? I love that. And in this, we see that the Lord protects us. He prepares a table for us in the presence of his enemy. And his his rod and his staff comfort us. You know, if you grew up in a house with spanking like I did, the rod and staff of my parents did not comfort me. No, it did not. But when I was in the presence of enemies and someone was trying to attack me, that same rod that my dad would discipline me with, was also the same one he would protect me with when enemies were coming. And this whole idea is that the Lord is our protector. Some of us deal with such fear. And I just want to encourage you, will you let the Lord shepherd you in your fear? Will you trust him in those scary, vulnerable spots of your life? Because he he wants to take care of you. He hates it when we are like sheep without a shepherd. 
He wants to make sure that you are taken care of and provided for and the attacks maybe in your mind or maybe from your job or maybe from your family. The Lord is your shelter. The Lord can restore your soul. He is a good shepherd. And there are times where we need to be protected from uh, enemies on the outside, but there are times where the Lord needs to protect us from ourselves. And the shepherds had the same reality. In fact, I've heard this in sermons a lot that shepherds used to break sheep's leg, uh, the leg of a sheep to protect the sheep from wandering off and being vulnerable to predators. Actually, it was reading in Sheep Magazine, which is another journey I can share with you another day, uh, <laughs> that, uh, that that's actually not true. Like, that's really dangerous because then they can't run. And like, what? How, how many sheep will the shepherd carry if, you know, if they have to carry four or five? But what they will do is put what's called a sheep break. So it's like like a car break instead of breaking a leg. And if a sheep wanders off too much and is vulnerable, the shepherd will put this break that's kind of a just heavy weight on the leg so it can't run as fast and that the shepherd can keep track of the animal easier. And I, I just feel like sometimes the Lord protects us from enemies on the outside Sometimes the Lord protects us from ourselves by, by putting the brakes on some bad decisions we're going to make. And last week, we talked about grace and truth and how God gives us second chance after second chance. But there's also truth. The Lord helps us live in a way where we're not constantly falling into pits. We dig for ourselves. And uh, I think sometimes we just need to allow the Lord to, to, to shepherd us by protecting us from ourselves. When we wander off from the ways of Jesus, when we say my strength, my ways, my will, my way is better than yours, but then Jesus sees like you're vulnerable to wolves. Would you just let me shepherd you? Would you let my standards be your standards? It's for your benefit. I want to show you this video of a sheep that went off on its own and got into some trouble. And it's, it's a little hokey, but it reminds me of us. And the object of the hiker's attention was unusual to look at. Nearly the size of a small car, it appeared to resemble a fallen cloud or a heap of cotton balls. However, as the individual investigated the mess, they realized that it was grazing on the grass. It was then that the walker realized that they were looking at a sheep, albeit not like they'd ever seen before. The animal had seemingly been so neglected that its fleece had grown to epic proportions meaning the sheep could barely walk under the weight. And understandably, the hiker was worried about the sheep's welfare. The animal, the passerby thought, may not survive the Australian summer under all its woe. What a sheep. And so this, this, this sheep went wild and had, I researched this, had 89 pounds of wool that they had to shear off. It's in, it's in a, a, a museum now because it's a, it's a record. It's so crazy. But I, I know this is a little hokey and we kind of feel sad for the sheep, but I am encouraged that the Lord is our good shepherd because we, we need a good shepherd. And as we live on our own, I think sometimes we find ourselves in trouble. We find ourselves like unable to take care of ourselves we find ourselves vulnerable, but Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you safe passage to green pastures. I'm going to provide for you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to protect you. And so just let me shepherd you. Let me, let me take care of you, even if it's from yourself. And 
Sometimes we, we might feel like there's rejection or the Lord is leading us or he's saying no, but I think the Lord likes to protect us in all sorts of ways. And so today, I'm going to lead us in a prayer, but I just, I just want to encourage all of us, especially as we're kind of in a new season as Kalos Church in this journey, as the Lord is shepherding us as a community, helping us even find the Hilton Garden Inn. I just, I want to encourage all of you, would you let the Lord shepherd you? Would you let him take care of you? Would you cast your cares on Jesus and let him uh, provide for you? Let him lift the heavy burdens off your shoulders and your weights because he loves you so much. He, he has such a good plan for you. And Jesus is so beautiful. If you could just see that the shepherd is there for you, I know it would change your life forever. And so I just, I just want to lead us in a prayer that we would let the Lord shepherd us. Dear Father, I, I thank you so much for your scriptures and your words. And Lord, even in this moment, Lord, whether we, we need a gateway to hope, a portal, or maybe we need provision, we need, we need you to come through in some way. We, we need sustenance. We need maybe finances. Maybe we need healing or protection, Lord. There's just stuff that's attacking us left and right, and we just feel so vulnerable, Lord. In this moment, I just pray that we would allow you to shepherd us, that we would be your sheep, that we, would, we wouldn't resist you and wander away, but, Lord, we would say, hey, have your way in my life. I trust you. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen. You know, before I, I, I transition, and we're going to hear a testimony from Kirsten in just a moment, uh, I know that there are people here today, maybe you've never given your life to Jesus, you've never seen him as a shepherd, I just want to let you know that you could experience life and life abundantly instead of everything being stolen and killed and destroyed in your life. And uh, I want to lead us all in a prayer. We would say, Jesus, I surrender to you. Would you forgive me? Would you help me find a new beginning? And I'm not going to embarrass anybody, but if you're, if you're in a place where you're saying, Pastor Pradeepin, would you include me in that prayer, a prayer of forgiveness and hope and a fresh start? I, I would love for you to pray with me. Uh, I'm going to ask you on the count of three to raise your hand, and nobody's going to be looking around. I'm not going to embarrass you or anything, but I just want to include you in that prayer of a new beginning and surrendering your life to Jesus. And why don't we uh, read this, or actually, why don't we bow our heads and close our eyes right now? And if that's you, on the count of three, you're saying, I want to surrender my life to Jesus. On a count of three, would you lift up your hand so I can see it? One, two, three. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. I see four hands. Is there anybody else? Amen. You can put your hands down. Hey, I'm so proud of you. It's the best decision you could ever make. Now I'm going to put some words on the screen. And why don't we all open up our eyes and pray this prayer together as a community. Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I open the door of my life and receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Take control of my life. I turn from my old ways and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior in the name of Jesus. Amen. Can we give Jesus a round of applause? Amen.